All right, well, good morning. So we are in part three of this four-part series called Cultivate. And this series is really a series designed to help you to nurture and and build Christ-like character. Two weeks ago, when we started this series, I talked about how uh, if you were, uh, as a Christ follower, wanting to become a better you, a new year in this, uh, new you in the new year, um, that that's a change that doesn't happen on the outside. It happens on the inside. True change happens when the Holy Spirit invades your heart and your life and he allows you to live out God's picture of who you can be. And two weeks ago, we looked at what that picture of of what God has in mind for you, and it's found in Galatians chapter five. Look at this. It says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those nine qualities of the fruit of the Spirit is God's picture for you. And yet, if you are like me, you know that while we are supposed to be living out those nine qualities day in and day out, there are times when we need to be cultivating a couple of those more than others. And so two weeks ago, I also shared with you how there were three qualities from this this thing called the fruit of the Spirit, three qualities that we really want to dive deeper into and, and explore what that means. And so last week, Pastor Mark, who was just up here, Pastor Mark, um, he, he talked about the, uh, that quality called peace. And we learned that, that um, because we have peace with God through faith in Christ, we are able to enjoy the peace of God in this life, which in turn allows us to live in peace with one another. It was a great message. Today, I want to look at a second of those three qualities, those qualities that a lot of us would say, yeah, we really need to work on on this particular quality. And this second quality is called patience. See, some of you couldn't wait, right? It was patience. It was fine. The the, the service before, you ever shush, patience. (laughs) Okay. So yes, patience is something we all want. We all need to work on it if we're honest with ourselves. We, we want to work on this area. And of course, I also want to talk about the lack of patience that we struggle with because that's real too. There are different things that trigger impatience within us. One would be relationships. Nothing tests your patience more than the people you love the most, right? Have just a quick show of hands. And I did this the other services. Uh, how many of you lost your patience just coming to church this morning? Come of you, yeah, you know, maybe there was, somebody was running late, maybe somebody forgot to brush their teeth, maybe there was a wardrobe malfunction, I don't know, but you lost your patience, and now you're here, and you're still kind of steaming, right, you don't want to sing, you don't want to listen to the message, you growled at the greeter out in the doorway, you're, you lost your patience, and yet, if you're, if you're like me, you also know that there are times when you also think, yeah, you know, if it weren't for people, you know, this, life would be a lot more fun, right? But, but people exist, and relationships are a part of life. And so, yeah, a trigger that can cause you to become impatient is just the relationships that you enjoy. A second trigger would be life circumstances, Life circumstances are the things that you, you know, in and out of a given day. And it could be uh, like when you're battling an illness that doesn't go away. Or, or maybe it's um, the fact that you, it's, you're frustrated because you're single at a time and an age when you thought you'd be married by now. Or maybe it's a financial problem that you just don't think you're going to be able to dig yourself out of it. 
whatever it is. Those life circumstances can also be a trigger that can lead you to become impatient. A third trigger would be general irritations. General irritations are those things, those encounters that you have with other people, but these aren't people that you're related to. And it could also be different situations, but they're not the same thing as life circumstances. So really, this is a category all by itself. For example, for example, let's say that you're in the express lane at a checkout, you know, checking out some items at the grocery store. You have two items. You notice that the person ahead of you has 10 more than the allotted that the sign says, right? And in that moment, because you counted, and, and so in that moment, you, you know, you lose your patience. That's a trigger. Or, or maybe you go through a drive-through and, and after you give your order and you go to the window and you pick it up and you drive home, you open up the bag to find that they, they skipped a couple of hamburgers. You didn't get everything that you ordered. See, that's another thing that can trigger impatience. Those are just general irritations. But the point is that those triggers are all over the place. And here's the question. The question is, what, what do you need to do so as to cultivate Christ-like character and patience in your life? What needs to happen? Well, like I did two weeks ago, I'm gonna share with you the picture, the problem, and the plan that God has. I wanna look at God's picture of patience. I'm gonna share with you the problem that can keep you from cultivating patience in your life, and then God's plan to help you live that quality of the fruit of the Spirit in your life called patience. So let's look first of all at the picture. And, and just so you know, there are two words in the Bible that can be defined patience. One word is uh, defined as a kind of self-restraint that does not retaliate. Okay, well, that's kind of wordy. So another way to say it would be having a long fuse, right? Having a long fuse. And that's what God wants you to have, a long fuse. Because if you have a short fuse, what happens? You end up hurting other people and yourself, and you don't want that. Ecclesiastes 7 says, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. So that's one word that's in the Bible for patience. A second biblical word for patience refers to enduring and persevering in tough times. Again, kind of wordy, right? So another way to say that would be hanging in there. Don't give up, endure, persevere. It's worth it. Hang in there. God's at work, okay? So just wait to see what he's doing. In James 5, it says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for this autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. So those are two biblical words used to define patience. Now we got that out of the way. Let me look at God's picture of patience. And when it comes to God's picture of patience, understand the first thing to understand is that patience reflects love. Patience reflects love. If you look in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, a chapter, by the way, that covers pretty much everything you need to know about love. It says this, look, it says, love is, what's the next word? Patient, that's right. In Ephesians 4, it says, be patient, bearing with one another in love. You see that? Patience reflects love. They go together. Second, in God's picture of patience, you need to also understand that patience also leads to spiritual growth. And when you think about it, that makes sense because cultivating the fruit of the Spirit isn't gonna happen overnight, right? It takes 
time, which means that if you're going to, if, if there's a particular quality of the fruit of the spirit that you want to develop and cultivate, you gotta be patient because again, it doesn't just happen. In James chapter one, it says, the testing of your faith develops perseverance or patience. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So patience is needed because God uses time to create spiritual growth. All right, third, in God's picture of patience, patience is also rewarded. In other words, if you live with patience, you will enjoy uh, healthier and stronger relationships. You will. You will enjoy more peace in your life. You will. You know, people will have more respect for you. They will. These are some amazing rewards that happen when you live a patient life here on earth. But the Bible also says that you are, when you live with patience, you will be rewarded in eternity. When you live, when you are patient during trials, when you endure and persevere ridicule from classmates, from coworkers or friends or neighbors or even family members, okay, that's gonna be rewarded. Look at this, James 1 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive, here it is, the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So yes, patience will be rewarded. All right, now that we have an idea of God's picture of patience, let me look at the second area, the problem. In other words, what is it that causes us or keeps us, prevents us from cultivating patience? My guess is that all of you wanna become more patient, right? I do. So what is it that stands in our way? What's a roadblock that keeps us from cultivating patience like we want and like we know we should? One thing is that, it's called overload. And you all know what I mean. When you overload your schedule, when there is no breathing room, there's no, no give to your life, it makes you impatient. For example, normally, most occasions, I'm a very patient driver. There's an exception to that rule. It's, it's when I'm running late, right? I'm sorry, it's just when I'm running late and, and because I've overloaded my schedule, when I've got three minutes to get someplace that's gonna take me legally 10, I lose my patience and it's ugly. It's not pretty. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of this. And pity the poor person who's in front of me and that light goes from red to green. They're like, wow, what a pretty color of green that is. And they're just sitting there, right? It's, oh, and I have nobody to blame but myself. It's like when you fill a glass of water to the very top. You ever see that where there's like, you can fill it so full and then, then the tension is just holding it there. If you bump it a little bit, water's gonna spill out. If you fill your life so that it's overloaded, it, it, things are gonna spill out. And I'll tell you what, it's not gonna be harmless like water. It could be words of frustration. It could be regrettable actions. It could be tense confrontation. Right, it's pretty bad, but that's a roadblock. That's a roadblock. Overload can keep you from cultivating patience. A second problem that can prevent you from cultivating patience in your life would be expectations. Sometimes unrealistic expectations, but I'll tell you right now, if you live with a bunch of expectations, you are bound to be disappointed because people are gonna let you down. They will. If you have a bunch of expectations on a person and they keep letting you down and again, you will lose your patience with them. And that happens because no one's perfect. But here's the thing. Not only do we tend to put expectations on other people, we put expectations on God. 
And get this, when God doesn't come through for us the way we expected, the way we wanted, in our minds, he just let us down. Even though he never promised to do what we expected or wanted, even though the Bible never once said anywhere that that's what he would do, we're disappointed. And I'll tell you, I've counseled people who've walked away from God because of that very reason. It's awful. But understand, whether it's with God or with other people, your expectations can also be a roadblock and slam on the brakes and keep you from cultivating that fruit of the spirit, that part of the, that virtue of the fruit of the spirit called patience. All right, a third problem area, a third um, area that can keep us or prevent us from cultivating patience is this ugly thing called pride. When you have, and pride is a self, you know, an overinflated view of yourself, isn't it? And if somebody challenges you, guess what happens? You lose your patience and you're like, how dare you? And then you start blaming them and like, oh, it's your fault, not mine. And it just falls apart from there. In Proverbs 16, it says, the Lord hates those who are proud. God hates pride. He does. So, so pride is another roadblock, isn't it? But now that we have an idea of God's picture of patience and we understand the problems areas, those things that can keep us from cultivating patience like we want and we know we should, let me, in the time I got left, share with you God's plan. This comes right out of the word of God and it's a wonderful thing. But the first part of God's plan, if you want to become a more patient person, right? If you want to cultivate patience in your life, the first part of God's plan is this. It's not rocket science, but reflect before you respond. However, this is more than just taking a breath and counting to 10. What do we write 10? It's not that. It's stepping back and giving yourself enough time to just, you know, to just ponder and, and think through what you just, what just happened, right? It's slowing your life down to, to say to yourself, okay, what just took place that caused me to go off and lose my patience? Or what is it that keeps happening that keeps causing me to lose my patience again and again and again? You know, is it the time thing? Like for me, I'm always running late, then I lose my patience. What might God be trying to teach me in all of this? See, those are the things you want to just reflect, slow down and reflect before you respond because reflecting brings understanding, doesn't it? You understand things. Oh, okay, I get it now. And that understanding is gonna keep you from those knee-jerk reactions that can really cause a lot of damage. In Proverbs 14, it says, whoever is patient has great understanding. And part of that understanding is recognizing and reflecting what it is that caused you to lose your patience in the first place. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, okay, that's a great idea. I will do that, Pastor Z. Thank you. I will reflect before I respond. But I still need to respond, so what happens there? That's the second part of God's plan. You respond with prayer. Because living a life of patience all on your own is hard. It's hard. Ask for God's help and, and pray. And it doesn't matter what your prayer, any prayer works. God, give me a long fuse, right? God, help me to be patient throughout this ordeal. And because the Holy Spirit is in you, cultivating you, he will always be there to help you. Just ask. The problem is that there are some people who don't think they're good at praying. And so they won't even try. <laughs> Let me just clear the air. God does not care what your prayers are like, 
He just wants to hear from you. And the reason why he wants to hear from you is because he loves you. And if you want proof of his love, look at a cross sometime. Because it was on a cross that Jesus sacrificed himself and died so that you could be forgiven and live. In Ephesians 2, it says, because of, here it is, his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You see that? That's amazing. That's how much God loves you. And because he loves you, he wants you to talk to him in prayer. So pray, respond with prayer. Colossians 4 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Every day, throughout the day, just invite God into your life. And especially when you're feeling like your fuse is getting short and you're losing patience, say, God, change me. Seriously, God, give me a long fuse. God, help me to hang in there. Pray. So the first part of God's plan is you reflect before you respond. And then when you respond, you respond with prayer. The third part is that while you're praying, pray that God's kingdom would replace yours. In other words, you want to pray that God's wisdom, God's insights, God's plan, God's will would ultimately and always have authority over you, over your plan, over everything that you are and everything that you have. Again, though, if you're like me, a fellow struggler with sin, you know, don't you, that there are times when your schedule does get overloaded or you, did, you get puffed up with pride and you take your kingdom and you put it on top of God's. You switch it around and you impatiently do what you want to do and not what God wants you to do. And it's all because of a lack of patience. Thankfully, even though we are impatient, God is patient with us. He's always patient with us. Look at 2 Corinthians, um, Peter 3. The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Wow. Because of his great love for you, God demonstrates incredible amounts of patience with you. He waits and he waits and then he waits some more until by the Spirit's power, you humbly acknowledge and repent of your mistakes and failures and sins and you ask God for his forgiveness and trusting that that's exactly what he's going to give. And he does. For the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, God promises to remember your sins no more because Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty that you deserve for everything you've done wrong, every mistake, every bad choice, every time you've lost your patience. Because of Jesus' death on the cross for you, when you believe that Jesus is your savior, you have God's total and complete pardon. Amazing. In Romans 5, it says, God showed his great love for us in this, by sending Christ, Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, we will certainly, God will certainly, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So that's good news. But even though you are, as we just read, saved by God's grace, you are adopted into God's family. And even though God's kingdom is ruling over your kingdom like it should, even then the Holy Spirit still wants to cultivate you more. He wants Jesus' kingdom principles to come alive for you, to become more attractive to you. And if you know anything about Jesus' kingdom principles, they're kind of radical. Things like Jesus would say, you know, if somebody wants your coat, you give them your shirt as well. 
If Jesus, Jesus would say, if somebody wants you to walk a mile with them, walk a second mile with them too. Jesus would teach things like, hey, love your enemies. What? Yeah, and pray for those who persecute you. And so Jesus would have all of these kingdom principles and, and they would contrast God's kingdom with your kingdom, wouldn't they? The kingdom of this world would say, if somebody hurts you, you hurt them back. And she said, no, 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 no. That's getting it turned around, okay? Have patience. So that's what you wanna pray, right? If you're going to reflect before you respond and you respond with prayer, pray that God's kingdom would replace yours because when you have your kingdom in place, things get messed up. So you want God's kingdom to replace yours. You want God's kingdom to come alive in you. And guess what? Every time, I don't bet you don't even know this. Every time you pray the Lord's prayer, and when we pray it in just a moment, I want you to think about this. Every time you pray the Lord's prayer, you are asking for that very thing. You are praying that very thing. Look at this. In Matthew 6, it says, Our Father in heaven, Jesus is saying, Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, there it is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done in my life just like it's being done by the angels in heaven above right now. If you pray that your will, if, if when your kingdom usurps God's, you become impatient. So you pray, God, may your kingdom come into my life. May your will be done in me. Pray that, because that will cultivate true change every single time. Pray that God will help keep his kingdom as your focus, right? Seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says. And pray that knowing that as you do that, the Holy Spirit, again, he's always at work in you, helping you to be nurtured and grown and uh, grow, to help grow you and build Christ-like character and in the process cultivate that, that particular virtue of the fruit of the Spirit called patience. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First, between now and next Sunday, let me challenge you to review God's picture of patience for your life. Remember, patience reflects love. It leads to spiritual growth and it is rewarded here and for eternity. It's a good thing to have patience. Second, identify areas where you may have problems with patience. What are their triggers? What is it that causes you to lose your patience? And maybe ask a family member or friend to help you identify some of those as well. It might be kind of humbling, but it's good. It's good to know, you know, this is, this is a trigger. Third, ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate patience within you. Because again, you can't do it on your own, right? So ask God for help and trust that he'll give it to you. Trust that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will cultivate in you this amazing quality, the fruit of the Spirit called patience. So let's pray about that, right? Let's pray. Almighty God, please change us and, and help us to become more patient, not because we've learned some new breathing techniques, but because your spirit breathes new life into us. Father, we know that our impatience can hurt others. It can hurt ourselves. It makes a mess out of our life. And we want to change that. So help us to cultivate that quality of the fruit of the spirit. Thank you for your own patience with us in Jesus. Thank you that we can become even more patient because of your presence and your rule in our life. Father, bless this series. Uh, we love you. We pray all this in the great name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.